Hello there, and welcome to episode 19 of The Queen of the Scoundrel, a Star Wars podcast, the last episode for the year. I'm your host, Dave the Bearded Menace, and joining me tonight on our meandering ship of nerdum is my wonderful co-host, Master Kato. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Dan the D-Webs will not be joining us tonight. He is off on the Outer Rim wrestling Gundars for Spice, and I'm sure one of them has hurt his tooth. Wish you a speedy recovery for that toothache, Dan. Before we get underway, let's do some shameless plugs, of course. If you like our show, and most importantly, like us, please give us a follow on all our social media. You can find us on Twitter at Queen and Scoundrel, or on Instagram at The Queen and the Scoundrel. If you want to send us fan mail, whisper sweet nothings to our ears, tell us how much you despise and hate us and hope that we've switched to the dark side, please send us an email to thequeenandthescoundrel at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please like, follow, and share our podcast on all podcast channels, such as SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify Podcasts, iHeartRadio, iTunes Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are sold. Always make sure to like, follow, and share. And uh, yeah, now we got that out of the way. The season finale of The Mandalorian dropped today, and again, fans are going literally ballistic. Wait, 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 wait. The Mandalorian finale was today? I know. I was on social media all day, and nobody talked about it at all. Like, how are you <laughs> supposed to know that things like this are happening in this COVID world? Like, seriously. I'm, be- I'm being I-, I know, I know. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> if no one can tell that Kate's being very sarcastic with that, then you're, 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 you're yeah, you're something else. Um, good writing. Phenomenal storytelling, a little fan service went a very long way in this episode, but most importantly, this season. We got to see animated characters join the big screen and look badass doing it. We got to see characters come back and confirm suspicions and theories some fans have had for a long time. But before we jump into Chapter 16 of The Mandalorian, I would like to have a moment of silence for the honorary 501st member and original actor who first donned the Boba Fett armor in Empire Strikes Back, Jeremy Bullock. Thank you. So, yeah, Kate, so like you said before, uh, how could anyone not have noticed that the last episode of the season was today? Because, you know, it wasn't anywhere on social media or being spoiled by anyone or being used as spoiling, can't, like, ammunition. It wasn't even, like, the spoiling. It was, um, I don't know how to say this. I don't know what the word is. Like, I don't want to be, like, super passive-aggressive about it, but it was, like... The fans that got up at 6 a.m. or I don't know, whenever it drops, 1 a.m. Eastern time or whatever, and saw it and then felt the need to go on every like Star Wars group chat and every thread and kind of do this tongue in cheek like, well, I can't I'm not going to tell you anything, but stay for after the credits or you're all going to be very happy. I'm just like, shut up. Yeah, (laughs) like we're all going to see it in a matter of time anyway. Some of us have a nine to five and in this covid world, you have a job. You want to keep it like don't tempt me mm-hmm. to not work and go watch it just to see it like stop be quiet <laughs> I want to enjoy it I don't even like by saying like something as simple as um, there's a post credit scene like is a spoiler to some people or even saying like I'm not going to say anything but you're really going to like it it's kind of like a spoiler like don't yep 
I think there was like a quote. What do I always think of? Um, Big Bang Theory. Do you watch Big Bang Theory? I do not. Nope. But go well, on. Well, there's a, you know, like what the premise is. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's about like th- these like nerds slash like scientists, or whatever. There's like, and there's, there's, there's one character, Sheldon, who, um, I don't know what exactly he's saying. He's on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, but he goes into a comic book shop to like buy this comic. And uh, when he gets up to, to pay for it, the cashier says, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but this is a really good comic. And Sheldon gets all upset about it. And he's like, he's like, well, now you're setting my expectations. And right. the cashier didn't understand. I'm like, that's exactly what I think of when I see stuff like that. I'm like, I don't want to see a happy face or a frowny face or a crying face. I don't want to see anything. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to go in fresh. Don't, don't, don't stop. And, and what I can't, <laughs> what I can't understand is, and I've said this before, like on our show and other shows, other things I've been on is that only in Star Wars do I see like this massive need to spoil it for other people. I've never seen it with any other fandom. Not even the Marvel movies. The Marvel movies, everyone got together and said, like, we're not going to spoil Endgame. We're not talking about Endgame until Monday. Well, do you think that's because we're not as invested in those fan groups, though? Like, maybe if you're a huge Marvel fan, you're on all the boards and the messages that we're on. Maybe, maybe there is that. Well, the, I don't know. Well, I, I, I would agree. However... I used to be part of another outlet and all I did was research this crap and I barely saw anything out there for oh, yeah. Endgame. Mm-hmm. However, just post a random photo about the, uh, the, the the Rise of Skywalker around the time frame last year when it came out. Someone had to go on there and spoil it for you. It happened yeah. to me. It happened to a couple friends of mine. It's just, for whatever reason, something about Star Wars that makes people just want to just get out there and spoil it. Yeah, it's not cool. Don't do that. Yeah. And especially with The Mandalorian, because this is such an amazing show and, mm-hmm. and just like a slam dunk for Disney and Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when stuff like this came out, like when like when Netflix dropped Daredevil. Yep. And you know how it how it dropped all 13, mm-hmm. was it 13, whatever, however many episodes it was. And it was great. You could just kind of like slowly go through and take your time. But with like it's almost by putting them out weekly. People just get so hungry for it. They consume it as quickly as they can. Right. And then if they're going to spoil it, they do. And it's like that causes anxiety for, for fans like 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 me. My favorite thing was to to, um, you know, decompress my Friday night. And the first thing Saturday morning when I'm sitting down with my cereal to watch it and just enjoy it. Just take my time. Yeah. Like pause it. Look stuff up. If I had a question, you know, and just enjoy it. Now I feel like I'm I'm watching it to just. Just to save myself from potentially having it ruined, ruined. or yeah. just seeing people like chat about it all day, just gets me really curious and gets me distracted. So, so I, 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 I don't know. I don't like that. I don't feel like I was able to really. I mean, I enjoyed the show, but I don't. I don't like that I wasn't able to kind of consume it at my own pace. Not that anyone was forcing me. You know, my past positions, part of my job was to monitor social media, <laughs> so it was really hard then. This job, fortunately, I don't have to do that. But still, like I've got it going during the day. Like I'm chatting with people and it's just it's stressful it's stressful <laughs> well it's not only that but it's like when you get a text message or uh, or anything on your phone you're gonna look at your phone and see what the text message was and then you have those three seconds of like well let me see what's going on on instagram or facebook just to look just to break up the day because you know we're all working from home do you need at least a break in the day for for something you should go nuts and you'd find it by accident you're not even looking for it you'd find it by mm-hmm. accident Whereas with, and again, you're a cosplayer, Kate. 
So what I mean by that is even if you weren't as well invested in the Marvel movies as you are with the Star Wars stuff, other cosplayers would post something about the Marvel movies. But the same cosplayers didn't spoil Marvel anything as much as some co- uh, Star Wars cosplayers are spoiling it. Good point. It's something weird with this with this fandom. I mean, if this exists in other fandoms, like I'd love to hear about it. Like maybe in a uh, like a, a video game fandom, maybe like there might be similar mm-hmm. type type of issues. But but yeah, I'd be interested to know if there's other franchises where where we get that. But I mean, are there any other like comparable? franchises to star wars i would i would say like star trek but the stuff isn't coming out as frequently it's like star wars i think what it is with star wars though it's such so i i think this is what a big difference is between star wars and like the marvel stuff i know you keep on comparing making that comparison but this is where i feel like the the big difference is whereas with the marvel stuff there's already media and comics that exist with the storylines that we saw in the movies so yeah you could almost make the argument that it could get spoiled, but it's already out there if you know the comics. That's a good point. You already had an idea of how Endgame was going to end before even watching the movie. Not saying that you knew exactly how it was going to end, but you had an idea of what was going to take place to a degree. Whereas with Star Wars, especially now, since they got rid of the old canon and are doing stuff fresh... You really don't know what's going to happen on the next episode. You don't really don't know what's going to happen in the next movie until someone sees it and they just have to get out there and spoil it. I feel like, feel free to disagree with me. I, I don't have any data on this, but I feel like Marvel is a little bit more saturated in the market too than Star Wars. So people are just more hungrier for Star Wars. We don't get quite as much, but Marvel's got like so much with the and the history and. And the, and the different comics and the different characters and the the animated shows. And mm-hmm. I just feel like you get a lot more of it. So maybe people, I mean, I'm sure they get they still get excited when stuff comes out. Like I remember Into the Spider-Verse, like that was a huge, yeah, that was Marvel. <laughs> I was like, oh shoot, I'm like, was that GC? No, that was Marvel. Um, so maybe it's just people just don't get as crazy about it. Or maybe this is just the Star Wars fandom. We're just, I, I was going to say nuts. like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there's your your average Simpsons comic book guy for like the Marvel stuff as well that has to like adjust their spectacles and say, well, you should sit and watch the end of the movie because, you know, there's going to be another like thing after the credits. But with Star Wars, we have way more toxic fans to the point where our fandom has made actors quit acting altogether, just leave the world of acting that's a good point, actually. Because of the other, like, of the toxic Star Wars fans. And you can name them. Jake Lloyd, Kelly Marie Tran, Ahmed Best. I mean, they're... these. Um, Daisy Ridley left social media because of the toxic fans. Wow. Yeah. Because she had... And I know there was that whole thing with Ray Park, too, in one of the fan groups. Mm-hmm. Will not be named. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That, that's a really good point. And I followed her on Instagram. I followed her on Twitter. Like, she was amazing. Like, it was cool to see her, but fans just hated her performance or hated her so much in The Force Awakens. This was before anything else came out. This is, like, all crap from The Force Awakens. They made her leave social media. Jeez. You know? And it's funny because, yeah, Star Wars fans, I mean, we love to hate on it, but as much as they, they, they diss it or will diss the actors, like, They'll definitely be at the midnight showing of yeah. the next like movie. Like it's just 
I don't know. I, I guess when it's just, it's, it's like, um, I don't know, having that like annoying little brother, you're like, I have to love him, but I, I also hate to. him. Yeah. <laughs> but he's family. So I'll always love him, mm-hmm. you know, but man, he can be really annoying sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that a lot today because I actually, during my lunch today, I, um, I sat down and I watched it just because, well, a, I wasn't sure I'd have enough time after work to watch it before this, this show, but also I was just getting a little annoyed, a little annoyed, even yeah. in our like chats with like people were, were saying, I'm just like, stop, don't, don't, it just, I don't understand the need to, to do that. It's maybe I've been guilty of it too, but you, I don't know, like at least give it a day. Like it just came out today. Yeah. Like start talking about tomorrow. <laughs> Like, uh, my whole thing is, if it comes out on Friday and you haven't seen it yet by Monday, then, especially yeah. if it's something that's streaming, if you haven't seen it by Monday, then you really have no excuse. However, even with that said, and you've seen me do it, I make sure people have seen it before I say, talk to someone else about it. Like, we did it at our first armor party for the for the belts. Oh, it was already yeah. Sunday. And I asked, before we go any further, has anyone, everyone already seen this, seen the episode before we talk about it? Which is still anxiety inducing, you know, if you have a really busy weekend and you don't want to like rush it, you want to be able to really enjoy it. Like yeah. today, I would have really liked to have watched it tomorrow morning. I would have sat down. I would have had, I wouldn't have been worried about an afternoon of work and all the other things I had to do. I would have just sat there fresh, open-minded and watched it and enjoyed it. But still, it was fine. It was, it was fine. I'm not going to, it was still great. <laughs> I mean, and that's like the, also like the big difference between last season and this season is that. Last season, it wasn't as spoiler heavy online as this season is. Last season yeah. was because I don't remember last season. I would watch it on my lunch break at work and then I would come home and watch it again with Jen just because I want to see everything, all, all the stuff that's going on with it. Last season, it didn't seem that much of a of an importance to make sure you watched it as soon as you could. But this season, it's just people want to throw the spoilers out, be the first cool kid on the block through it for the next kid. Like it's just it's. Well, they knew this season that they had a bop, you know, like they knew it was a hit. So they were really able to really open the floodgates and give us. And I I don't know what the word is for this season versus last season. It felt like it had a very strong storyline. It didn't deviate from that. There wasn't really Mm -hmm. any filler or anything. But this season felt. Is the word like episodic? I don't know what the word is, but it felt very episode-y. Episodic. You know? No, you're right. Yeah. Is it? Like, I don't know. I could be making that up, but, but I, I, I was struggling to find the word for it and, and the difference between the two seasons, but looking at them both, I mean, the second season's my favorite. I kind of like that, that they were, that the, the episodes were kind of like a little, you know, disjointed and he was going off on like side quests. I was perfectly fine with that. I thought it was entertaining. It was fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's starting to get a little formulaic. A lot of people are kind of like, making fun of it a little bit for that, but I do not mind it. It's a formula that works. It's entertaining. I like it. I mean, if it ain't broke, you know, don't Don't fix it. (laughs) I think the people that are saying that are people who never played an RPG, a real game in their life. An RPG (laughs) is literally that you have this one mission you got to do. And you arrive to a town and it's like, you have a side quest. You don't have to do it. But you could do it, or there's a side quest you have to do in order to get like the item to unlock this thing in this cave or whatever. And watching this season made me feel like I was watching a video game. Like, like that's they wrote this like a video game. It's like he gets here, now he has to do this. 
to get information for this thing. But when he gets there, he has to do this to get, you know, it just keeps on building and building. But like I said last week in the last episode, even though a lot of these episodes felt like filler or they're more episodic, it always led him to the next thing. Nothing mm-hmm. happened because it was stupid or no reason to. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We're, I mean, I'm almost tempted to say with the exception of like the last episode. So I'm like, do they really need that? I don't know. Unless they're going to bring back Mig Mayfield's character again. I mean, I guess they had to find a way to find out where Moff Gideon was. Right. Um, I think we saw that. So, and this is my, my whole headcanon with it. The purpose of last week's episode was to show that Mando will take off his helmet when necessary. And when he feels like it's important. Because before that episode, we only saw his face once. Yeah, that's And true. he was... He was really big on keeping his helmet on. Last, like when we saw it with like May May Mixfield and they went to go blow up the base, he took his helmet off just so he could get his face scanned and do the mission he had to do, but then kept it off. He didn't put it right back on. He kept it off for the almost the event until like the officer got shot. And I guess it brought up that Operation Cinder too that we were talking about last yeah. week, which um kind of got mentioned. Well, kind of did get mentioned in this episode yeah. too with um with the Alderon. They kind yeah. of talked about it. So they it connected, I suppose. Like you could just yeah. see like this is a, a, a big event, which actually was something that bugged me a little bit about New Hope. Um was oh it always bugged me was Leia's reaction to your planet being blown up. Right. You know. I just felt like there there should have been there should have been more there. <laughs> Well, I mean, you said it last week. The best part about Star Wars is sometimes the bad acting. I felt like that was almost bad editing. Or they just like rushed it. Like, why not? Maybe that got cut out, you know, but why cut out that? Like, that's a big deal. Your planet just got blown up. And then even like the theme music that goes along with it, when you actually see the planet blowing Mm -hmm. up and then the little pieces are kind of scattering, they, they like, it's almost like this like sparkly type of, I don't know what you call it, like the chimes. It's almost like a, like a happy. the sound it's not depressing and sad i was always a little confused by that I'm like oh was it a bad planet do <sighs> did we not like it like was it i don't know <laughs> is it just me or is any, anyone else bothered no 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 that? you are absolutely correct <laughs> like it's like because if i see a i got a i got a brand i got my new car well for me it's new but when i first got the new car and i got a scratch on it when i got a scratch i was inconsolable for two weeks for two weeks, I'm like, it has a scratch. It's garbage now. What kind of car is this? It's going <laughs> to rust. And that was for a scratch. <laughs> so someone blows up my planet. I'm going to freak the F out. Your you know, friends, I, your family. Your pets, like everything gone. And then all the people that aren't part of your friends and family, the millions of people and culture yep. and ancient sites and ruins, everything just gone i mean we kind of get we kind of get um obi-wan's reaction we kind of get that but i just yeah. i just always felt like there should have been something a bit more with with, mm-hmm. with princess leia's reaction on that one i watched uh the behind the scenes and she said i think i think the reason why it was that tough because um or the reason why the acting wasn't so great in that scene or reaction was carrie fisher said it was a very hard scene to react to because they're just they don't have anything on screen she's yeah. just reacting to what's going on but it's not even a picture of the planet. It's just some guy holding his hand out. <laughs> All right, ready? Bang. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's what she was reacting to. 
Yeah, I mean, fair. But then I feel like this, like re- this, it kind of redeemed it a bit. You know, it did affect a lot of people. It did, um, yeah. And and we get to 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 see that, and I feel like that redeemed it. That kind of fixed. And there were people say like, "Oh, this episode of Mandalorian fixed this issue," and I, I hate those articles. But I'm like, in a way, this kind of helped with that issue. Like, and it explains why Cara Dune has that, that tattoo. He says it like, he, you know, he goes, you know, older on, I can tell by a tattoo. It's like, fine. Okay. Now it makes sense. I'm thinking it's like some gangster stuff where like her homeboy oh, yeah. got shot. And like, that's why she has dude to- trying to get shot in the face. Cause he's going to get up. Oh, he got shot in the face. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, so what I, so this, so this episode starts off with like everyone's favorite ship slave one, just chasing this freaking like shuttle down. And I was like surprised to see like how big Slave One is. Like it's a pretty yeah, it's a decent ship. sized ship. Yeah, because like he shoots the ion cannon, and as like Slave One like starts going over like the cockpit, it's like intimidating. Like how big this ship is. It's like fudge and the hostage situation. And he's like, "I'll shoot him if you know he'll have the bounty in your head. It'll be your fault." And that 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 shot to the face was so. So damn rewarding. So satisfying. I mean, are we jumping right to that? Or are we going to... Uh, that wasn't the first part of the episode, right? Wasn't it um, meeting up with uh, Bo-Katan again? Nope. The first part was Slave One pursuing them and being on the shuttle. Oh, you're right. Yep. Yep, you're right. You're right, because it started with... I, I remember turning turning it on and wondering how they were going to start this episode after how the last one ended. I'm like, I wonder where... How are they gonna? How are they gonna start? And it's like, oh, we're gonna start with a high speed chase. Yeah, it's gonna be super exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's how it. That's how it started. they they captured uh, Pershing. That's yep. Right. So they captured Pershing, and Pershing's like trying to tell them like to fight back, and they're like, no, you want to die? No, we're just gonna like. I, I was like, um, it was cool to see the true believer, um, trooper versus like the guy who wanted to surrender. Because the guy who wanted to surrender is like, I'm not with him. Like, we can make a deal. Like, I'm out. Like. I don't even have a good paycheck anymore. You, you I'll, I'll, I'll give them to you. Just let me live. And the other dude just duffs him in the neck, just shoots him right there. And then like holds Pershing. It's like that, the, the true believer and the crap, the crap he was saying was very relatable with what's going on in media and the world today. Like, I don't want to like, I want to be, I don't want to hit it right on the nose. I'll be more tongue in cheek with it, but. You know, like the when he says like they died for an act of terrorism and how he was relating to more to the people who died in the Death Star rather than the people who died in Alderaan and the Alderaan they were like the terrorists and savages. Like he was saying some pretty messed up stuff, but from their point of view, it makes the perfect sense. They're they're the good guys. The Empire is the good guys from their point of view. Yeah, I I like that they're exploring that a lot. I remember that wasn't that a, a T-shirt. Of a, uh, of a of a stormtrooper over a, a glass of whiskey, and they said, yep. I had friends on that Death Star. I'm like, they yeah. were like cafeteria workers and maintenance people on that Death Star. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, it, so it's interesting to see that, 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 that point of view, you know, and we kind of got a little bit more of that last episode too, when Mando is kind of pretending to be a, an Imperial, you know, and, and they're celebrating him as he comes back in. So I, I like that they're doing that. I just just to get off topic for a second. Sorry, um, I just finished watching Cobra Kai. Okay, have you watched it? I've seen the first season. People have like how many seasons are there? Two. I think just two, two. right now. I think. Okay, because I've been I, I binged it hard, hard. I finally got around to watching. Everyone told me to watch it that I would love it, and I was like, yeah, I just have to finish the show that 
shall not be named unless you have a shot of vodka handy. Supernatural. Um, <laughs> so now that that was done, I can like catch up on some of these other shows people were recommending to me. And one thing that I really like about Cobra Kai is that at least the first season is really all from Johnny's point, point of view. view. Mm-hmm. And like you still and I love how every episode is like you love to hate him. You know, like you, you, you're rooting for him. Yeah. But you're also like, yeah, he is like a piece of too. Like, <laughs> you know, but he, but but he's trying and you mm-hmm. see, especially in like the second season, he's really he's really trying. It just seems like it's the past just keeps coming back to haunt him and he can't let it go. And Daniel LaRusso can't let it go. So it's always going to be a thing, no matter what, no matter how like they try to like ha- have like a momentary bit of peace. Like it's always going to be disruptive because they just can't. They just can't get past that. Right. And I just, I love it. And I, I love seeing it from, from the bad guy's point of view and empathizing with him and just having like my heart being tugged either way. It's just, it's, it's interesting. It's complicated. It's not simple. You know, like the Karate Kid, you kind of thought it was like a simple movie. And then someone put out on YouTube about how Daniel LaRusso was actually the bully in that movie and kind of like pushed that point of view. And you're like, oh, well, that's really interesting. And that's what Cobra Kai is. It kind of took that and kind of went with it. And it's such an interesting show. And I love that the Mandalorian is kind of doing something similar. Mm-hmm. They're really trying to make they're they're trying not to make the world so black and white because the world's not black and white. There's a lot of like shades of gray in there. So mm-hmm. by really allowing, you know, just the generic bad guy in the scene, guy with a gun that gets shot by giving him that little soliloquy. You know, humanizing him a little mm-hmm. bit. Kinda, you kind of like get to see his point of view. Like you're so happy he gets shot in the face. He's a jerk. But um, you get to see like, his point of view. Like it humanizes him. It gives yeah. him a little depth to his character. And it's like little moments like that is why like Mandalorian is such a great addition to Star Wars. It is. And it gets, it lets you kind of see to a degree why the bad guys are bad guys or why anyone would join the empire it's just the bad the, guys don't think they're bad guys they no, think they're the good guys they really do yeah yeah like we see we see that one trooper say it moff gideon says it like at the end also like they'd be up there killing everyone like the savages they are he he thinks he is the good guy like he is the angel of the situation and we'd see this throughout this whole season really we kind of we kind of see that um mm-hmm. sec so the second scene we set up is bo-katan uh Sorry, Din and Boba Fett meeting with Bo-Katan, which I gotta this was say, an interesting interaction. Yes. This was interesting because the whole bar gets quiet as soon as the two walk, and it was such a dope scene. The way they walk in and the way it's shot, and they're kind of like, um, it's like Din is in front of like Boba, and like just the just the just just the angle looked really dope, and the lighting. They just walk in together, see Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan, her girl are sitting there just having drinks a good time and they walk over and what I liked was the shade and like the, the, the tension between Bo-Katan and Boba Fett. I thought was really dope. I get so distracted by the wig that they put on Katie Sackoff. I don't like it. I don't know why. I don't know if it's cause there's not like a part why it just looks very wiggy. I wish they would change it. I was kind of hoping they would have changed it for this episode. Totally minor aside. I'm just like really studying the costumes because I think they're amazing. That wig bothers me. <laughs> well, I was thinking about that today also. Seriously, I was thinking about that today also when I watched I like it. it. When I watched it, I'm like, you know, I don't think I've ever in all the years going to Celebration or even Comic-Con 
ever seen a Bo-Katan that looked good with a red wig, even yeah, in cosplay. It's not even a- like red. It's like an orangey kind yeah. of red. Yeah, it's not a very flattering color. And the cartoon is a it's a very like it's a cartoon first off. But I mean, mm. when you look at the way her hair is, it's got these weird like like square like parts in it. It's very yeah. it's very strange and just. I like that they made her design as close to the cartoon as they could. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I just wish they had kind of gone a different. I guess when you're wearing a helmet all day, I mean, your hair is not going to look great. So and that's probably what they're. I mean, it's it's because, again, like I've all, every single Bo-Katan I've seen has either a had the helmet on. And when they take the helmet off, the cosplay underneath doesn't have the red hair because, again, they're wearing a helmet all day. They don't tiara. care. Yeah. Um, and the ones I have seen that have it off, it doesn't look great. And the only time I've ever seen hair color look that great, and it wasn't in an actual like Bo-Katan cosplay, is when whoever it is colors their hair to actually that color. Yeah, when it's I mean, real you hair, that a wig. color. Yeah, sometimes when you're cosplaying, it's good, especially if you're doing a cartoon. You want to have the wig because you want to look over the top and unnatural, you know, because it's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. But whenever you're trying to do a real character like a, a like a Jessica Jones or something. You can always kind of tell when it when it's a wig and it always looks better when it's your natural hair. Right. And trust me, I got short hair, so I got to wear a wig for pretty much every character I do. But the the actual natural hair, I think, always looks better. But I don't know. Totally minor, like side note. But just I'm just like, I don't like that wig. Oh, I love everything else about her character design. She looks just like the cartoon. Another thing I was noticing, too, mainly because um, of the Mandalorian, I really want to work on my Mando armor. And um, I've been on a lot of uh, armor building forums and Ooh. one issue, especially like a lot of uh, a lot of the groups I'm part of. There's a lot of people building stormtrooper uh, girls, uh, females, people of the female persuasion um, building armor. And one thing that they feel really uncomfortable about is a lot of these armor plates that they make for for female bodies, um, <laughs> like really over exaggerate and accentuate the boobs, mm-hmm. <laughs> the boob area. Like you look at these nice, like flat plates that they have for like the guys. And then for the girls, it's kind of like these two, like tear <laughs> droplets. Like, and it's so like over sexualized and girls feel really, a, a lot of girls feel very uncomfortable about that. And uh, it never like occurred to me. I got to go look at my chest plate to see what it looks like. Um, so I was really studying the armor for Bo-Katan and, and her, her bestie there. And I I love the way that they did it. It's not like it's not like the little molded boobies. It's right. just the same armor, just with like uh-huh. more of a curve. Yep. And it looks it looks awesome. Like your eyes are immediately drawn to like the molded boobs. <laughs> so I was really like kind of studying that. Like, oh, what do their chest plates look like? I'm like, oh, it looks natural. You know how I I mean, honestly, I feel like most or maybe not most. I don't want to overgeneralize. But for someone like me, I could probably use a regular guy Mando like chest plate. Because they do like kind of come out a little bit. But, you know, there should... It, a lot of people like to have a distinction between the two armors, the feminine and, and the male. So, I don't know. Just a just a side observation there. It's funny because <laughs> when, when I play um, <laughs> Battlefront and you play as the First Order, some of the Stormtroopers are female you're playing as. And you can't tell unless you get killed as that character. Which is like how it should be. You shouldn't yeah. be able to tell until like maybe they say something and you notice their voice. Like, yeah, oh. exactly. I mean, that's how it was in the um, 
the new the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. You didn't like know it was a female stormtrooper until you heard their voice. Yeah, and I'm, I remember how excited I was about that. I'm like, yay! Like they finally like it's canon. Like girls can be stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it was always a thing, but it's official. We hear a female voice. Um, but I just thought it was interesting. It's probably something that maybe guys don't think a lot about when they're building their armor, but it is like kind of an issue for for a lot of females that kind of build this armor. They have to go through stuff like that. Kind of like sucks. So it's kind of nice to see these female characters brought on screen that wear this armor and to see how this armor design is looks more practical, you know, than just like, you know, sexual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's a family show. You can say it. It's fine. Parents will explain <laughs> to their kids, Kate. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, so where was I? Um, but yeah, it's like, it's, I never realized it until today's episode when so din and boba fett walk into the bar din is talking to bo katan her girl right and no one paid my any mind to boba fett until he spoke that's when bo katan realized who he was she heard the voice yes. she heard the clone voice i love that and I didn't pick it up the first time I watched it because it's if you watch like if you watch it tomorrow when you're having your breakfast, he walks in and it's like nothing. No one pays attention. It's just another Mando and that's it. She thinks she's getting picked up to do a, a bounty mission. Then he speaks and then that's when the fit hits the Shan. Like her, her friend saying stuff to like Boba Fett and she's like, I didn't know like sidekicks were allowed to speak and like Boba Fett's getting upset and he's like, I'll take you down, little one. And then like there's a whole like there's like a Boba Fett bad blood feud because she doesn't see him as a real like Mandalorian because he's a clone and Boba Fett's like, which says a lot to Boba Fett. He probably despises the Mandalorians because of this. This is why he probably worked for the Hut cartel because they're the only group or faction that accepted him as Boba Fett as a man, not as just a clone or as just like a throwaway. Whereas the rest of the Mandos, and I think Obi-Wan says it, or someone says it in um, in Clone Wars. They don't see him as a real one because of where Jango Fett was born. He wasn't born on Mandalore. He was born on one of the moons, one of the colonies. Right. And right. because of him, because of Boba Fett being a clone of someone who wasn't born on Mandalore, they really don't see him as a Mandalorian. Hmm. So he's like a super outcast. Like not only do his own people don't accept him, but anyone who sees his face who was alive during the Clone War also despises him because they'll remember the clones. I mean, he doesn't really seem to care. I mean, when she was talking about her mission to go back to Mandalore, he didn't really seem to care much about it. Yeah, but he was kind of making fun of it. And the way he called her princess was like very condescending. You know, like he's. Oh, Yeah. Like he 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 has I didn't no, like that. Yeah, he has no love for for Bo-Katan or no love for those Mandos. I thought they were setting setting up to have him off by the end of the episode with all that. I'm like, oh, he's gonna get a redeeming moment where he sacrifices himself. Like I totally thought that's where they're going with all that. Yeah, but nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, I loved how when they were fighting each other, like they went to go do the flamethrower and they both cancel each other out. I thought that was really dope. That was so <laughs> cool. And it's um and it's dope because it shows that Boba is really a Mandalore. He fights like a Mandalorian, and they all use those flames. That's like their main thing. And they both did the same thing. They're both were just like, ah, like freezing on each other and poke dance. Like, all right, all right, stop. Sit for the imps, stop, like timeout, timeout. 
I mean, Jin is never Jin's not from Mandalore. Like he didn't grow up there. He was a foundling. But they still talk. Well, and that's so he was a foundling for the Watch, and the Watch were like those like super fanatical religious like psychopaths. But they still taught him to fight like a Mandalorian. Because he does still use the flamethrower when he needs to and does all the other stuff. Right. So he could be a Mandalorian, but not be from Mandalore. It's like what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? But I think it's just like Boba. It's just, you know, they just don't like him because he's a clone. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. There's history there. <laughs> um. So then we go to them talking about the battle plan, the dark, tr- the dark trooper reveal, which I don't know. So me and Jen both got like a weird vibe. When Pershing said, we took the trooper out. We took out the weakness. Like something just, Ooh. I don't know why it just gave me such a weird vibe. Like gave us a weird vibe. Cause even like, even like Jen, she heard him say that. She was like, oh crap. But, but what is it about that line? That's just so like, like, did you get that vibe from it or not really? Yeah, it did stick out to me. But on the other hand, I just. I just kept thinking about like Clone Wars. I'm like, all right, you've had a droid army before and it didn't really work out well for you. But then again, there were a ton of Jedi out there and, you know, battle droids are just target practice for a Jedi, Mm -hmm. you know? So. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like, really, you got to go back to that model. Like, did that did that prove to work? I don't I don't think it did. Right. But. Yeah, that line did. Did stick with me that and was it Bo-Katan that said they're on their third, their third iteration Mm -hmm. of so, you know, that they're like they've gotten all the kinks out. So, you know, they're not going to, you know, reboot in the middle of a fight. They're not going to glitch. Right. It also makes you it also makes you think if they were and again, I'm sure it's in the lore somewhere, especially with the new canon and. I'm sure it was in the video games before also, because I think in the video games, it was the same thing. Like the third generation were the robotic dark troopers. I think before that, they were kind of like, I think, don't quote me on it. Um, And if we are, if I'm wrong on this, whoever's listening, call me out on social media, like just say it. But I think the iteration before this was like a cyborg. It was a stormtrooper who fell in battle, but was still alive. And they put his oh. body into this mech, so to speak, to be a dark trooper, I think. I mean, whenever you have humanity in there, you know, they're always they, and they have the ability to think and em- emphasize, you know, you can. There's always that, you know, possibility that they rebel. I mean, look at, you know, the clones, you know, they they had a freaking device in their heads to make them kill the Jedi, but some didn't. Right. Some figured it out. Right. So. So by making them, yeah, all machine, you kind of take out that flaw, but there's something ruthless and so cold and calculating about a death machine. And I just feel like there's so much, there's so much in science, the science fiction lore (laughs) about how it's not a good idea to build a battle machine that is cold and uncaring and has only Mm -hmm. one thought to destroy because... We've been shown that there's many ways for that to be used against you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so many robots, you know, that, that have kind of gone through that. So I think maybe that's also why there's a lot of like history there with robots. 
rising up. Turning against, yeah. The Matrix, you know. Terminator. I mean, it's all out there. You, th- you think you got it down pat, and then, uh, you know, it turns on you. You know, even um, iRobot, you know, with the three laws of the, the robotics, I mean, kind of like a different thing there. But, you know, that book was about the robots and getting around those three rules of robotics, which seemed like so simple, but it was about all the exceptions. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of exceptions out there. Because, you know, it, it, as long as they're designed and programmed by humans, they'll be flawed. Right. So. <laughs> I think that's why. I think we we just got to have all this decades of science fiction in our heads telling us how it's never a good idea <laughs> to do something like that and think that it's perfect. What's, what made it's the, I think what makes the Dark Troopers like a little different and intimate and very intimidating is that we got to see a lot of them this episode, but none of them have a personality. Mm. Yeah. Cause even some of the other droids, you got C-3PO, you got R2 there. They've all got a little, a little yeah. something, but these are like, yeah, even, like the perfect. Even IG 11, who's supposed to be a bounty hunter, who is like his first time yeah. we see him, he's supposed to kill the kill Grogu. Even he had personality. He was stoic yeah. and had, you know, like, but he had a voice and a personality and he made you laugh, like, even though he wasn't trying to. Um, yeah. The dark troopers good, good are point. just, they move forward and that's it. And they're just something about, it's the same reason why, like, things about Superman scare me. It's just something about you that you can't stop and reason with and it's going to do what it wants yeah. to do to you no matter what is spooky. And yeah. And really, I mean, not to jump ahead, but. You know, if the events at the end of the show didn't happen the way that they did with that, you know, wild card being thrown in, mm-hmm. uh, Moff Gideon would have won. He would have. Yeah, absolutely. He would have won. Mm-hmm. And I just and that's what I loved about when. So when when Mando fights that one dark trooper, the one dark trooper, it's the first time that we've ever seen him get his butt whipped since he fought the Mudhorn. Yes. OK. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the Mudhorn was such a big, much bigger animal. He didn't have the right armor, like all his stuff got destroyed. He got his butt whooped. And this is the yeah. second time we've seen it. And it was just one dark trooper. And it just kept punching his face until his- and I loved the like, I don't, I don't know if I want, I mean, the, it, it, it reminded me of Terminator, like the moment where he like closes the door. Yeah. The hands come out. Yep. Opens. I love it. Like, it was so good. <laughs> Like, oh, no, don't let them all out. But yeah, he got his butt kicked. One, one, one small thing that I had about that scene watching it just from a, a fight choreography point of view. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, where did he get all those moves with the freaking spear? Like, when did he learn all of that? When was that training sequence? He taught him how to use a spear as somebody who's, you know, done a little kung fu. And the spear is my favorite weapon. Mm-hmm. You don't just like know how to do that. That takes training and learning the balance of the weapon and how to kind of move it like that. So I was just kind of like, oh, they're not going to explain that? In my like, in my head, Canon, I just look at it as he's a Mando and he knows how to do hand-to-hand with whatever you put in his hand. With every single weapon? Yeah, because mm. yeah, usually you start, when you do weapons training, you usually start with, with, with a bow staff because it's, it's the simplest mm-hmm. one. And I guess it's kind of, yeah, if you know that, then then doing the spear wouldn't be... Because we, we see it with Boba Fett and using the... Uh... The uh the banta stick or I, I know I'm saying it wrong but like when the gaff, ga- the gaffy stick, stick thank you gaffa. we see it with Boba gaffy, Fett using the gaffy. gaffy stick and it's the same thing it's a hand to hand item where do you learn how to use it but he was really detrimental to the detrimental to the well, stormtroopers we kind of we kind of assume that he's had that for a while because when we saw that first shot of him at the very 
was it was it the very first episode the one, the one with the uh, crate dragon yeah. first or the second like you see him with mm-hmm. it so you kind of get the idea that he's had it for a very very long time but the the spear i mean i'm not really sure how the time is like working in the show but it seems like it's pretty close to when he got it yeah and i'm like oh is he practicing with it in the back of sleeve one or something like where does he i don't know it's just it's just one thing i noticed i liked the choreo yeah. i thought it was great I just that was just one thing. I was like, oh, I wish they had done like a little fighting sequence or something like to show him learning it. Although if you do like I, and it, again, I've only I noticed 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 this watching it the second time. So when you watch the second time, definitely you'll see what I'm talking about. He doesn't use it nearly as well as the magistrate was using it. Yeah, she was definitely a lot more comfortable with it. Yeah. 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 He, he uses it as as a last resort with the with the droid. Yep. Yeah, that's a good. Point. And even when he's taking on Moff Gideon with it, I know we're jump, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. It's not as refined as it was with the magistrate fighting Ahsoka Tano. So he was doing some pretty fancy, like a disarm and stuff with it. Like that stuff is 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 not easy. <laughs> so I mean, I, I guess you know, it just goes to show his fighting prowess. Like, yeah. like he's a fighter or whatever. But um, and um, I read this in an article actually. They kind of said that the way Moff Gideon was wielding the dark saber, it was clear that. He knew like maybe a little bit about like lightsaber basics, but he wasn't right a, a pro with it. And I'm like, yeah, that that's true. He just he's just like, oh, it's like a lightsaber. I flick it, mm-hmm. it chops off your head. We're good to go. Like we're done. Like that, that's all you need to know. So I guess I guess it kind of like evened out. I guess he was lucky that Moff Gideon wasn't um more comfortable with it with yeah. it because it could have it could have it could have ended different. I don't know. It's an interesting it's an interesting um matchup between a spear and a sword, especially a sword that can cut through anything. Even though he's wearing Beskar. Um that's a that's a that's an interesting match because you got a long range weapon and you got a short range. So he's trying to shorten the distance and get that cut in. And usually with the spear you try to keep your distance, which he didn't use the spear that way. Right. So and also, you know, Moff Gideon had that chance, had that chance when Mando's back was turned. I'm like, why I guess I know why, you know, when I used to play hockey, you know, you'd have that, you'd have a, a one on no, you have a breakaway, you're going out on the goalie, you go to shoot it and you shoot it right directly into his chest. plate, Or you, you shoot it directly into like the, the biggest pads that he has on his body, which is on his legs. You don't go for the open space. You go for like the biggest area that is blocked from you. And I don't know why it's some psychological thing. I obviously wasn't good enough to get over, but same thing with Moff Gideon. I'm like, all the you could see where the plates aren't there, where he doesn't wear. He's not wearing like a Beskar chainmail undersuit. Although so, they should do that. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's gaps. Yep. Like, aim for the, it's a sword. Go for the gap. But instead, he goes for like the armor. Why? <laughs> Probably because like, like the same thing you said, where it's like there's there's like a delay between turning that thing on and hitting the target in front of you, and it's. We play with lightsabers. You hear when you hear a lightsaber turn on, there is a distinct sound. You know it's a lightsaber. So he had two seconds between turning that thing on and Mando turning yeah. around and blasting his face. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he obviously has was able to train it, train it with someone wearing Beskar armor. So maybe it was just to go to show that he's not yeah. as comfortable with it as a seasoned, you know, Jedi would be with the right. He just turned it on. It's like, but I got to hit him somewhere because I thought that was it. Like, as soon as I saw the dice, dark saber light up, I was like, there he goes. So he's going to chop off his head and we're done. And I was like, Oh, nope. He went right for the best yep. car. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that would stop it. 
Lucky him. Can you imagine <laughs> if that's where he dies in this series? Like right there. <laughs> I mean, they had options. You know, they could have had like Grogu reach out and like. Well, yeah, like and Grogu just goes like nuts and goes completely dark side when he sees like did like Mando die like. <laughs> or he just uses the force to like stop the sword at the last second and it's like right by his neck or something. I don't know. Like maybe they could have done something, but uh, or, or maybe maybe Moff Gideon didn't know that it could uh, that Beskar armor. Uh, is resistant. I, I want to say for as smart as he was, he knew. He knew. I mean, if he knew, then he should have made his dark troopers out of Beskar. Who's the, uh, true. I almost assumed that it was. I don't know why. I just kind of unconsciously assumed that those dark troopers just, I think because they just seemed so like impenetrable and, and powerful. I just assumed, I was like, oh man, that like the Empire with their resources and stuff, he must have like made at least a chest or something out of out of Beskar. I thought they said like um, the Beskar was like hard for the Imperials to mold stuff with because only the the Mandos know it or something like that. And it's really scarce and it's, it's yeah. hard to come by or, or whatever. But I don't know. I was just for some. I don't know why I assumed that. I just kind of assumed well, that they would have thought of that. Stormtrooper armor is diesel. It can take a blaster shot, but... Well, the old Stormtrooper armor was, yeah, like the clones had the good yeah. stuff, remember? Like, does it, uh, yeah, in the in the, the the last Clone Wars season, they they talk about that. Rex Rex says, he's like, oh, this new stuff is garbage. Right? Was it that Rebels, or was it Rebels? Rebels. I don't remember. Rebels. Rebels. Yep. He's like, this new armor is garbage. I'm like, I'm so glad that he said that. Like, because the clone troopers, like, seem to, to do a lot better than armor than these current mm-hmm. Stormtroopers. So I like that he kind of said, like, yeah. There were budget cuts at the Empire, so now they're just using, you know, you know, Warbler for their armor instead of Kevlar. I know, right? <laughs> just Warbler with a lot of padding, and that's it. Yeah, you have foam covered with Warbler. If you're going to get shot, don't get shot anywhere vital. Like, if you see the blaster bolt coming <laughs> yes. towards you, try to make a hidden arm or a leg. Don't get hit in the chest, because yeah. you're not getting coming back. Bobby last week got hit in the face, and, well, we all can see what Bobby looks like now. <laughs> That's the orientation of Stormtrooper, like, day 101. Like, don't get shot anywhere vital, because we don't have coverage for that. Our insurance doesn't cover that. It's like, why wear the armor, then? It's restricting. Like, it doesn't do anything. I mean, you might as well just... Because it looks wear- scary. Like... It looks really scary seeing a bunch of dudes in armor. Wear like a vision restricting helmet. (laughs) Freaking. (laughs) How'd you feel about uh, our ladies like coming off the ship and just. I, Dave, I freaking loved it. I loved the. I I know that there are fans out there that rolled their eyes. I just, I just know it. I don't care. (laughs) You. I don't care. I loved that we had this moment of all these strong female characters that aren't there just as a love interest or some mm-hmm. like bullshit side where these like well-developed badass female characters came out shooting and kicked mm-hmm. ass like they weren't immediately picked off or died right away i thought for sure like we would lose one or- no like they held their own and they were badass they were entertaining to watch it was funny it was good dialogue the choreo was great yep. and like bo-katan with like her her, her like dual pistol Ugh, it was it was awesome. I loved it. I loved what I liked it. about that scene the most was, and I, I, I know I keep we making mean, comparisons to Endgame, but in Endgame they did something similar. But in Endgame it felt very forced. I don't know, like really shoehorned in there. Like, hey, look, diversity. Oh, where they all lined yep. up? Like, well, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, like it felt good because you're like it was something that we that 
all the fan like have needed for yeah. so long. You know, this strong female representation. We needed it. But I love and I love the way they did it. They got a lot of screen time. It was it was great. It was a badass scene. It made me really excited to like work on my Mando armor. And it was awesome. I, think the, the, I loved it. The smart it. thing they did with those characters in that scene, with all of them, even with um, Cara Dune from like the first season, is they did a lot of building to show you how badass these characters were. So when the yeah. four of them are coming down that ramp, you know, whatever's in front of them is not going to make it out of this alive. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be in front of them. Yep. Like, <laughs> It was awesome, and I loved even when when Cara Dune had her had her gun. Oh jam, my god! You know, and, and who was it? Was it Bo with Kid Tamahai? Was just kind of like, "Do you need help with and that?" Like, nope. And she's just like, "No, I got it." It's like they don't they don't need yep. help. Like she she's got this. Stand back. It was. It was I love great. how she like she was it. like baseball batting with that thing, man. She's just like, you know what? F this! Oh and she started hitting like the stormtroopers and knocking them out. It was so dope. And um, when they're in the hangar and they're doing like some like John Wick stuff, where like um. Fennec, she grabs a one stormtrooper, brings him to the ground, shoots him in the face, and it's like Bo-Katan does something similar. I love oh it. Oh my god. It's brutal. It's well choreographed. Yep. It's exciting. It keeps your attention. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. It's, it's the same sort of attention and care that they would have given to a fight with a bunch of male protagonists. Yes. And they give that to the female. And it seems like such a small and like obvious thing to do, but we haven't we haven't really seen it, especially in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was just really exciting as a female fan. To see yeah. that, I loved it. It was, it was dope, you know, and, I, and I know we kind of we had Ray in the new sequel. Still, even with that, we still it's still not enough. You know, just having one female main character, it's not enough. Seeing scenes like this is what we're asking for. Like, give us more of this, please. I want my niece to watch this and be like, "On KK, do you make me a Bo-Katan armor?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> girl, <laughs> come on over. I, we're making it this afternoon." I have five. <laughs> Which one do you want? Let's do this. Do you want the dark saber, sweetie? I will make you a dark saber. We'll figure this out. Trust me. <laughs> exactly. It was great. I I loved I loved that moment. And I loved the plan too. It was a good plan, mm-hmm. you know. Them when the smoke clears, you see Bando walking down the ramp. Yep. It was great. It was clever. And and the only the only thing in the plan that kind of you know gave Moff Gideon the edge was that Mando did that little at the end of last episode that he kind of said that they're coming. Yeah. So as soon as they kind of saw the setup, I think Moff he Gideon, knew. obviously he, he knew. knew cause he left the bridge. Um, so I was just kind of like, uh, why'd you have to be dramatic Mando? Really? I mean, you know, the guy was mad. They took his kid. Like, I mean, I would too, you know, but by doing that, it told Moff Gideon that he knew where his ship was. He knew the coordinates. He, he, it gave him away. I mean, if they hadn't done that, I thought it was a perfect, setup you know the the shuttle coming being mm-hmm. chased i thought you know but the fact that he was unsurprised by it i was like ah shit like he knows he knows did you notice the dubstep music playing when the dark troopers were waking up i noticed the dark trooper theme music yep. if that's, yes. you, that's yes. what it is, is it does that. i noticed that i was like oh because i like this, these are like small things that don't usually occur to me during an episode but that was a moment where i, where I thought to myself oh I guess this is the Dark Trooper theme. <laughs> like when they first start waking up and you see like the stuff like snapping off them like this. The sounds they have have a beat. Why does it have a beat? I don't I don't understand that. All right. And I thought maybe it was just me. Right. I thought like, oh, maybe I'm just hearing the beat there. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> but no, then when the then when the Dark Troopers are coming back and they're flying into the ship, they're playing the music again. I'm like, oh, you're right. It's their theme music. They have dubstep 
Dark Trooper theme music. Cool. I'm not mad at it. There, in the, there, there are fans that are a lot better at noticing the, the theme musics and, and, and how they they work. I remember watching a, a YouTube clip. Or might have even been on TikTok, actually, about um, the scene in the very first How to Train Your Dragon, where Hiccup and um, Toothless are learning to fly together. Mm-hmm. And the the fan breaks it down. He's like, OK, here's Hiccup's theme music because he's trying to figure out how to do this. OK, now we're on Toothless because he's flying on his own. Now he needs help. And then at the very end, where the both the rider and the dragon are in sync, the two um themes merge Uh, and are played together and it's beautiful i remember watching that if you've never seen how to trade your dragon first off watch it the the music is 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 gorgeous i actually walked down the aisle to (laughs) some music from how to train your dragon and um i actually regretted it as i was walking down the aisle because i was just like sobbing i'm like it's too pretty i shouldn't have chosen this it's pretty um but the music and, and just everything about that movie is amazing but especially the music like when they're flying on the dragon you have this soaring and you and and watching that movie maybe realize how much a theme music can mm-hmm. add or detract from you know it, it, in like the mediums like area the the music just kind of if you didn't have it you would notice you know but it just kind of it's just kind of there but you don't notice yeah. it but with a really good soundtrack you notice it but it doesn't distract you from what's happening and i feel like in this last episode of of the mandalorian i really noticed the theme music a lot but it wasn't a distraction at all like i was very aware when we're we had that following shot we're following mando as he walks off the the shuttle and he's you know walking out and you hear his theme but it's slow and cautious because that's like how for some reason it just really stood out to me i'd love to watch it again to listen again to how the theme music worked at the very end with when when the thing oh. that happened that i'm sure we're getting to i'm like i'm like it must have been in there it, it, was. it was in it there was. if you listen closely just uh, i have to like i have to listen to it again because i think they do such a good job mandalorian with the music it adds so much and it's brilliant i don't know how they came up with these different theme music but it's it's brilliant and it works really well in this it's episode. the history of star wars in general because star wars has always been known for having good music and good themes like there's princess it's iconic yeah. it's iconic and it's always been there if you when you when you watch any of the star wars movies especially the og ones the original trilogy like you said you don't even notice the themes playing in the background but the themes are there like when princess well duel the fates from the duel prequels. of fates i mean iconic or yeah. like Princess Leia's theme, whenever she's on, you know, like you, you know, mm-hmm. you know. That's yeah. story. Yep. And it's, yep. they're yep. following yep. like yep. the same pattern where it's like, these are the characters and, and Dan, which is why I'm like a little like sad. He wasn't able to join tonight. Dan is a music major. He teaches music. That's what he does. So he, he explained it. And Dan, if you're listening and I get this wrong, you can slap me. I swear. Um, <laughs> he explained it as they, om- the song almost becomes like a noun or a verb for that character. So the song or the music you hear explains the character. You know who the character is as soon as you hear the song. It's almost like a wrestling theme. You know when the wrestler's about to come on and you hear their song come on before they get on the, get yes. on the stage, yes. right? Um, yes. Yeah, so I would love, if someone hasn't done it already, they probably haven't because the episode just came out. But when someone does it, if you could please link it to us, um, a breakdown of the themes in this 
episode and like how the different like I know what everyone's individual themes are, but like how the themes like merge and come mm-hmm. together to kind of like symbolize like like in How to Train Your Dragon, which is which I'll I'll, I'll share with you, Dave. It's 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 brilliant when they break it down. You're like, oh wow, I didn't realize that's what they're doing, but I know the scene like made me feel something, and I don't know why. It's because of that. Um, so I'd love to see that breakdown of kind of like the the themes and how they kind of collided in in this particular episode. Going back to when Moff Gideon and Mando fought each other, and I keep, I keep on going back between Mando and Din. I'm sorry, I apologize for anyone listening at home. It's just like hard to keep on calling him Din when we've been calling him Mando this whole time. But um, when Mando and yeah, I did it again, when Din and Gideon fought each other, oh, whatever, like we we get it, the thinner change. Do you think Gideon lost on purpose because he knew Bo-Katan wanted the dark saber? Oh. Oh boy, that's a that's a gamble. I mean, because Mando could have killed him, mm-hmm. and I think Moff Gideon said that he's like, "Oh, you're oh, sharing yeah, my life. There must be a reason for it." Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I think that that he lost. He, but uh, you know, he was just trying to weasel another way out of it, and it just was a kind of a happy, a happy coincidence. Like I think he just always had that in his back pocket. Like use. just in case I die. He will get the saber, and then he'll have Tim and Bo-Katan will have to fight, and the little friendship is like... Interesting that he knew that. Interesting that he knew that little mm-hmm. tidbit. I'm trying to remember um, uh, when Sabine gave it to Bo-Katan the first time in Rebels if they fought each other. I don't think I don't they think they did. did. I think Sabine just gave it to her. And I think, and I think that's why she needs to fight Mando for it, because... Gideon kind of like gave us gave us a little clue. He said, "As long as she doesn't if she doesn't win that from you, she's just a puppet." So I well, think. How did she lose it? Do we know how she lost it? Did they, they cover that in the Siege of Mandalore? They did not. So in Rebels, so in Rebels, Sabine gets a hold of it, and then Sabine has to learn how to fight with it to fight uh, Gar Visla. I think it was. I forget who which mm-hmm. one he had to fight. He had to fight Gar Visla. And then when she defeats Garbus, that's when she gives it to um, Bo-Katan. And I think, and this is my, again, my hand cannon in my theory, the Mandalorians didn't respect her because she didn't win it in battle. It was given to her by Sabine, by another high family of the Mandalorians. Okay. Because the Wrens, like Sabine Wren and her clan, like they do have like a high ranking in the Mandalorian hierarchy, court, whatever you want to call it. Because in the Siege of Mandalore, you see Sabine's mom walking with Bo-Katan. So, you know, whoever you, you know that they are like they're they're equal in some way, shape or form. She's part of the Night Owls are equal. I, and I think her just inheriting it, not winning it in battle made Mandal- Mandalorians not respect her, which is why they couldn't band together to take down the Empire. That is my guess. Hmm. Yeah, kind of a weird uh, wrench in the works, to be honest. I think they'll because if they if they explained why he's so adamant on wearing the helmet and why they weren't wearing helmets in the cartoons and they did a really good job at explaining that and getting that taken care of, they're going to do the same thing with this of why she couldn't just accept the dark well saber. it it explains why she was so adamant on her when when they first came up with this plan why yep. she said like he's mine I'm fighting him yep like that's my thing he, that's has, to, why. he has to submit to me yeah she needs that saber yeah. to lead her people yeah. yeah. So now we get to the part, which I think all fan, 
And I, I will, <sighs> I will admit, I bursted into tears when this. What a moment! What a moment when you first see the X-wing. I remember thinking to myself, like, well, maybe it's not because you know we saw like Ray fly Luke's X-wing, and you know other people have X-wings that might not be the X-wing. I kept like thinking to myself, like, excuses why it wouldn't be him. Yep. And then just like you see the like for me, like when I saw the belt buckle. I knew, yeah. I knew <laughs> I as soon as him. I saw the as soon as I saw the X Wing, I knew because she's like, Oh, it's an X Wing. It's like, oh, only one. It's like, oh, it's Red Five. That is Red Five. I what thought it's it be? because we saw X Wings earlier with like the the Rangers or whatever. That's why I was kinda like I didn't immediately like go there. I was kinda like, Well, you know, it could be it could be someone else. It's also an X Wing. A lot of people own X Wing. You don't know. <laughs> But yeah, the, the green lightsaber. Oh too. my god! Yeah. Oh yeah. my god! So he's walking through like, like, like a, a, a pimp. I have no other way to put it. But like, <laughs> lightsaber comes out, and then we know it's definitely Luke. Like, there's no hiding it, and he's just walking through all calmly, taking out the dark troopers. And it's the first time in this entire se- series we see Moff Gideon nervous. He knows who it is. He actually got nervous. He's like, I didn't, I didn't plan for this. I mean, maybe he doesn't know, but he's just kind of like, I didn't plan for this. This yeah. is. Well, also to his knowledge, there are no more Jedi. He doesn't know about Ahsoka Tano, and True. the Jedi, even to the Mandalorians, like to the armorer, the Jedi's are still myth. They don't exist anymore. So all from his point of view, all he knows is that the Death Star was destroyed and the Emperor and Darth Vader are dead. That's all he knows. He doesn't know there's other Jedi, at least we can assume. Okay. Or, okay. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, he knows he knows about Grogu, so Grogu you mean Grogu? <laughs> he knows that's what I said, Grogu. You said, he knows Go- about Grogu. You said Goku. Oh. <laughs> Because I was touching my mouth. Groku. Kamehameha. <laughs> I was just doing a really quick. I was just doing a really quick Google because I meant to look this up about who played Luke. The body. It. Yeah. And it's it's not Sebastian Stan. Which what all fans wanted. Yeah. It's Max Lloyd Lloyd Jones. Another actor that he put his face out. of. Yeah. It was a. Uh, what a moment. Yeah. It was so great. It was so it was so awesome as a fan mm-hmm. to see that. You know, be like it's and I, and we talked about it last episode and I was kind of I think I said I don't think it would be Luke and I listed all the reasons why I didn't think it would be him. Um just cuz I'm like, ah, how how would Mark Hamill be able to do it? Yeah. So, I mean, they figured it out, you know. I'm sure it's not cheap to do those face edits or whatever but you know they did it it looked it was great you got that moment and even if like he never did see his face if they just shot it all over behind his head i think everyone would have still been satisfied and yeah. and we got r2d2 yes I mean, yes holy so moly. unexpected holy like man it just they just kept coming <laughs> and what's fun what's amazing is like it's surprising how I know someone out there saying, oh, I expected it just because there's Luke wouldn't have showed up there in his X-Wing without an R2 in it or an astromech. And what other astromech would he show up with? R2-T2. So it makes perfect sense. But again, from our point of view, we are so enthralled with seeing Luke Skywalker on screen doing his stuff. We don't even think about anyone else showing up. It's something that I've wanted ever since I kind of like discovered Star Wars, which was when they re-released in the theaters in the 90s was to see 
on screen the characters again on what followed the the the, re- the return of the Jedi. Yeah. You just you wanted to see it. Like I read all the comics, I read all the books. You just really, 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 really wanted to see it. And like there was a little bit of disappointment in the um the uh you know the 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 Ray movies, you know, that you did see Luke, yeah, it's a lot older and stuff. I mean obviously because they waited so freaking long that the original these. trilogy actors like got got old. Mm-hmm. So it was just something we've wanted for a while and it it was just it felt so so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good to see it. And to have that kind of it reminded me um of end of Rogue One, the the Vader like just yes. plowing through <laughs> those 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 uh, republic oh, like, soldiers whatever you want to like call them. The, the movements are almost exactly the same cuz like the the, the dark oh, troopers so turn around, they're fa- they're like they have their weapons like face at the elevator. And the elevator opens up and Luke walks out in his black cape like lightsaber on. And it's literally almost the same exact stuff he's doing, except he's more like mobile and just more like like fluid with his movements and doing stuff. And he goes through it so he goes through them so easily. And yep. I love the very last one; he crushes. Like crushes it from the inside. Yep. I love it. It was so satisfying. And then to have that moment of of, of dialogue mm-hmm. between him and these characters that don't know who they are, it was just it was. It was wonderful. Like, it was I, wonderful. So I'm not sure if it played beforehand, but when Luke takes his hood off, that's when you hear the Force theme. And I just started, like, mm. crying even harder. I'm like, oh, it's the, it's the stupid they Force did theme. It. They did it. And I'm seeing, it like, was... the binary sunset in my head. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like, ah. And then you see the binary sunset yes. in the after credits. I'm like, oh, are we getting an extra training sequence? <laughs> I was like, surely Luke wouldn't have went to Tatooine. But, um. Yeah, it was wow. It was such a it was a great it was a great scene. Yep. I think a lot of fans were happy. I've yet to hear any feedback of people that were upset by it, but I'm sure people will oh, find I've heard, some reason I've, to be upset by it. I've heard feedback already. Um, really? So <sighs> on have you looked at Mark Hamill's media or social media since the episode came out? No. It's pretty funny. Did he like it? Did he like it? Oh, like so uh so it was Mark Hamill, they actually had to do the voice from what I can understand. And, really? Yep. On oh, Mark Hamill's that. Twitter, he posted, seeing, he asked a question, seeing anything good on TV lately? That's all he said. And then on his Instagram, it's just his photo going, shh. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Good. But, wow, there was a lot of secrets this season that, yes. they, that they kept. Boy. Yes. With Ahsoka and Luke, I just, I just don't know how they're going to top it with season three, to be honest. And I guess now we're getting season three probably in 2022 because because 2021 is when we're getting Boba Fett. Like, I don't know if they're going to have him play all at the same time. I don't know. I know last week we spoke about it, about it's still releasing in 2021, the new season of Mandalorian. Yeah, December. Yeah, in yeah. December. However, those were news articles I found that, like in September talking about it. So I don't know. I haven't really looked into it to see if it's going to if we're, if we're going to still get a Mando next year, or if it's just going to be Boba Fett, we don't know. Well, we don't know if that Boba is going to be just a single like episode, like a, a movie, like a short or something, or if it's going to be a series like The Mandalorian. Like we don't, we don't know. Other other people are saying here too. They're saying the book of Boba Fett could be The Mandalorian season three. Ah. Oh, that would be disappointing. I'd rather have, well, not disappointing because I, I do like Boba Fett, but it'd be just, I would love to have two things <laughs> more, more instead of combining into one. <laughs> two seasons, please. 
<laughs> I just want more. You just you're just looking for like that buddy cop fix that you're missing from uh, Supernatural. I That's need what you're looking more. for. You're just looking for like okay. two dudes at once, Kate. Anyway, so back to. I'm just not seeing anything. I just feel like if, if people are saying that maybe the Boba Fett will be will, is will be AKA season three of Mandalorian, there's, there's just not enough, enough information yeah. out there right now to really know. It's all just people just wondering. But I think it's it's great that they like they had that huge announcement. We talked about it last week about all the new stuff coming out, mm-hmm. and like they managed to keep this off the. The roster just kind of hint at it. I mean, wow. You know why I think it's, it's so, a lot of planning. <laughs> you know why I think also it's easier to keep all this stuff under the radar. I think why is because COVID. Not many people around to leak the secrets as other previous series or movies or episodes or what have you. I mean, you know, you know, another thought that I just had right now. Let me let me try to work through this because you asked me last week, and I was just like re-listening to that episode. Um, and I do want to say, while I was listening to that last episode, I don't know why I said, oh, if a group of guys want to cosplay Bad Batch, I just want to clarify right here. If I, like, I don't know why I said guys. I don't know why, like, I, I did a gender for that. Anybody could do Bad Batch. It could be girls or guys. I just wanted to clarify. I don't know why I said that. And it bothered me. And I'm, I'm respectful of, of gender. So, you know, anybody could cosplay Bad Batch. You don't have to be a boy. Anyway, um, when Marvel was at Iron Man 1, and they were planning out all the movies to take them to Avengers Endgame. Like, they mapped this out. And and them doing that, plus really good casting and really good directing or whatever, created this amazing journey and universe that, in contrast, DC didn't really do and just kind of, like, threw some stuff out there, and it didn't work. But it worked with Marvel because of good planning, Right. You know, so when you were saying last week, you were asking me if I thought something would happen to Star Wars, like what happened with the Marvel series on Netflix, where they just kind of like they got ahead of themselves and ended up like failing. This sort of like post credits and like teaser stuff makes me think that they're not going to fail because it's clear that they sat down and mapped this out. And they're making the connections in each one of these movies, just like Marvel did in their movies, with like their end credit scenes and just little Easter eggs throughout that connect all the movies together. So when you watch them all together, they connect. You know, they're not disjointed. And The Mandalorian, I mean, he's got quite a burden to kind of like do a lot of this. But I feel like with those announcements and with this post credit scene, that's like what they're doing. And I'm really excited about it because I feel like if they took the time and care that Marvel did, I don't want to say like they can't fail, but like they're setting themselves up for success. One and one of the things I want to you actually just remind me of is um, I agree with you one hundred percent that I didn't think of it from that point of view. Where it's like, oh yeah, you're right. If, there might still be a dud in there. Well, yeah, that's, you know, what, like, and that's what, what was it. Iron Man three or something. I know there's one that yeah. wasn't quite as strong. Like there might be like a dud. And that's what I'm saying. Like, well, there's also there's going to be at least one or two episodes or series or movies are going to be released with this new Disney verse that we're not going to like for like, whatever it's reason. All right. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be a droid story because I might I'm not sold on the name. I could be wrong. For all I know, it might be <laughs> Alkalite, which I'm looking forward to. That might be the one that sucks in this whole new world. Who knows? But you're right. They mapped it out enough where it's every even when it's even if it's something is bad, it's still probably going to be pretty good because even as bad as some of the Marvel movies could have been, they weren't that bad if you watch them. And if you watch them together, it's a cohesive Thing. Right. Like you could sit down and watch them all in that order, and it's a cohesive 
story and it and it works and there's a certain order that you watch them. So I, I'm I'm optimistic yeah. by them doing this. And I know it's hard because we are a very tough fandom. Like we're very tough yeah. on, you know, directors and producers. You know, so even with that in mind, like I think I think that they're giving themselves the best chance to really score a home run. As best chance as they as as they can. So I'm really excited about it. And I think the most is gonna be riding on um, the accolade, to be honest, yes, so, because that is uncharted territory. So this is so I'm going to add to what I said last week about the alkali about it taking possibly play, taking place possibly in a Sith Academy or whatnot moribund. The exact uh, description was it's going to take place towards the end of the High Republic. The High Republic, right? Yeah. So it's going to be going and then the High Republic going to the Republic as we know now. I think we may see the story of Darth Bane and the rule of two in the oh. Alkalite. That's an, it's like the start of the Sith. Yes, the start of the of. Sith that we know of. I think the Alkalite is going to be Darth Bane and him doing the rule of two. So we're going to see Darth Bane on the screen and doing things and talking about the rule of two because he is Darth Bane is mentioned in the Clone Wars. Um very briefly in one episode, it was in season six, amazing canon. And okay, yeah. And the rule two is a thing we know we've known of. And they said in the High Republic, we are going to have more Sith and Darksiders, like what the whole High Republic was about. So I think what this is, what we're going to see the proceedings of the rule of two the Sith Lords going to hiding and doing stuff in the shadows until they show up as Palpatine and. Everybody Do you think else. it's going to be like the start of the Sith? You know, like the Jedi, like you're at the height, the Republic is at, is at its height and you're going to have a few Jedi that kind of just see the that things aren't really as great as they want it to be and they kind of start to investigate the other side of the Force. Do you think it's going to be that or that the Sith have already always been around? I think a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B where okay. it's going to be, yeah, maybe the Sith have always been around that we're going to see them go lead into like turn like Sith have always. It might follow like what the old canon was, where the Sith were always a thing. They lived on Moraband, which had like dark side like influences. A bunch of Jedi left the Jedi Order because they didn't like what the Jedi were about. Showed up on like more on Korriban, and they're like, "Oh wait, these guys are dark siders. They're Force sensitive. Let's mate with them and make a brand new species (laughs) of Force sensitive beings." And that's how the Sith came about. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's that's. I, I'm I'm a, that, that's probably like the one that I'm the most apprehensive about just because everything that I've seen come out about High Republic I haven't actually been that excited about like I'm not super excited about the costume design like the lightsaber with the cross guard I just it just feels too on the nose like oh these are medieval knights from the renaissance like that's what we design their costumes <laughs> it, it feels too on the nose I don't know yeah. it just it but again, I'm just going off of freaking concept art. Who knows? I'm sure it maybe it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be my favorite era. But you know, since this is this is uncharted territory, I'm, I'm just like, man, I'm glad. Like, I want to be the director, producer, like stepping into here because yikes, there's <laughs> a lot riding on mm-hmm. it. So I will be really interested to see their interpretation of it. Disney, yeah, Lucas films. If you're if someone from your troop is listening to our podcast, um, hire Dave. He wants to be in your Star Wars. I am about six foot two inches tall. <laughs> I do my own stunts. Um, 
I know how to look horrible lightsaber and look really scary in Sith garb. <laughs> Hire me for something. Or, yeah, put me in the Alkalite. I'm being very serious. Um, I will be your undying servant if you do this. And, uh, yeah, go Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, get into SAG, Dave. You got to... I know. Have- Figure that out. I know. I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll get in there somehow. I'll, I'll, I'll like murder or sleep with someone to get into a Star Wars. You'll see. It'll happen. <laughs> It'll happen. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where did I? Okay, so we covered. Talked about the, the entrance of Luke Skywalker, the Mandalorian. Man, I can't wait. I know I talk about my nephew all the time, but I can't wait to show him the Mandalorian and when we get to that scene, like he's going to be so excited. He's going to have so many questions. I'm just, I was just, I'm just glad. I FaceTimed FaceTimed with him the other day to like, and I tried to explain to him, he's six. I tried to explain to him about all the new stuff coming out. And he just like kept asking the same question over and over. Like he, I don't think he understands the difference between a movie and a television series. I don't think he understands because he kept asking when the Mandalorian movie was coming out. And uh, I kept saying, Luke, it's a TV series. It's not a movie. And he kept asking. So I don't think he understands, which is adorable, yeah. the difference between between the two. Because then when I was talking about the new shows slash movies coming out, he got very confused between between the two. I'm just <laughs> glad that the, the Jedi who responded to Grogu was not Mace Windu. I've would have been very upset. You know, like... Leading up to this episode, you know, just seeing some of the art coming out on on social media and some of the articles coming out, I saw a lot of Mace Windu. So I thought I thought for sure coming into it, it was going to be Mace. And I was like kind of setting myself up to be kind of like, oh, if it, if it okay. let's say if it did turn out to be Mace Windu, let's say Mace Windu showed up, somehow survived the fall, somehow has been quiet this entire time during like the actual Galactic Civil War and lived this long to come get Grogu. All the complaints fans had about. The rise of Skywalker and the Emperor surviving and not living up to the prophecy would have been ill and void if those fans that hated the rise of Skywalker loved the fact that Mace Windu shows up. Because what makes Anakin lose it is the fact that Mace Windu dies. So if Mace Windu didn't okay. die, why would why would Anakin lose it? Then I just that's there's no point for him going crazy. Okay, I see. Because I did see that on social today. Some people were saying something about how Luke Skywalker appearing in The Mandalorian like, was justification for fans hating on the sequels. I didn't understand that. Like, I do understand, like, there's fans that love the sequels mm-hmm. and there's fans that don't love the sequels. But I don't understand how Luke Skywalker appearing in The Mandalorian somehow justifies it. I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't really understand that. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, I, I watched this, the sequels a couple times, but, I, you know, it wasn't, wasn't my favorite. But then again, you know, I'm an original trilogy person. Like, that's, that's, that's my go-to. Yeah. Always. So, you know, it, but, you know, it, I, it's a thing. People really, really enjoy it, like, cosplaying from it. That's cool. Um, but I didn't quite understand that, that leap, how they said that, that justifies hating on, like, Ray. I'm like, yeah, okay, Luke Skywalker was in. The sequel, but I mean, this this happens before that, right? We're five years after Revenge of the Jedi, so I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't quite get that one. If anyone knows, let me know. Yeah, that I don't get that either. That makes no sense. Like, why? How's that justified? Yeah, it? I saw that appear huh. a couple times. Apparently, there is like a like a, a schism in the fandom of people that 
enjoyed the sequels and think it's great, and people that don't. It's kind of weird. Right, yeah, it's... It's all Star Wars, we're all on the same team. Yeah. Like, who cares? Well, I mean... Some are going to prefer a sequ- a trilogy over the other. It's, it's cool. But it was like, the same thing like back in the day like when, the, like. when the prequel trilogy came out. When the prequel trilogy came out, the fan groups... And, like, it's amazing how selective the memory is of Star Wars fans is. That's not, that's yeah. not right, right? Yeah. So, because fans now who hated the prequel trilogy now love the prequel trilogy for whatever reason. I have noticed that. I mean, like, because some, I feel like that might be because we got all of these um, animated shows that yeah. bridged the prequels with the original trilogy or even like the sequels, to be honest, um, and made that smoother. Without those, it was very kind of jarring. You still didn't really care a lot about Padme, but after watching Clone Wars, you do, you do care about Padme, yeah. you care about Anakin a lot, and uh, and understand that relationship. And uh, Maul, oh my gosh, Maul's arc, freaking love it. I, I love so much. Cause I remember how disappointed I was watching him die in that very first movie. Yep. And I'm like, really? You're going to introduce this unique, amazing character and then kill him off in the first film? Are you, are you serious? So I love that they found they found a way <laughs> to bring him back and then give him this most amazing Story arc. arc. Yeah. 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 I think, I think also like fans have evolved a lot since the prequel trilogy came out. Um, Cause it was the first movies we saw in theaters that had to do with Star Wars that in a w- long time. So there was a lot of Very fans who were still thinking of the prequel, the sequel, um, I'm sorry, the original trilogy when the prequel trilogy came out. They were, had those expectations. Um, and you're right. With the series and the animations that came out, I don't, I'm not saying those expectations have been lowered, but the expectations have changed because they now these same fans who hate the prequel trilogy are now in a completely different world where the prequel trilogy is now more respective and makes more sense. Like, I feel like people love to hate yes, the prequel trilogy. I agree. And, and the rise of the meme on the internet has only helped that, yep. you know, like the, what's, what's it on, on Reddit? They have prequel memes yep. and they're hilarious. They're, they're so funny. So I feel like, now that we have all nine of the movies and you see them, you see how each trilogy has its own look and feel. feel. I agree. You know, so you're going to prefer one or the other. It's only natural. You're going to either prefer original trilogy. You might. I know a lot of younger Star Wars fans that love the prequels, mm-hmm. you know, because they've got, you know, younger characters in there that they can relate to, you know, and then you have a, a, a definite group of people that prefers the sequels. It's got. It's a, it's a little darker. It's got some more mature themes, and a lot of people kind of relate to that a bit yeah. more. And, I, and it's and it's fine. It's natural to kind of like one or the other. I, Let's not hate because we're all on the same team here. We all like Star Wars. I, I know friends who weren't introduced in Star Wars until the sequel trilogy. They never saw a Star Wars movie until the sequel trilogy came out. Oh, until the sequel. Yeah. Okay. Like they they never saw uh, until like the Force Awakens premiered. I had a friend named uh, Bianca. They used to work with at the fruit stand who. Um, Never saw a Star Wars movie in her life until she went to go see The Force Awakens with a date. So then she liked it. She comes to me. She goes, yeah, so I just saw The Force Awakens. I liked it, but I have no idea what's going on. So I'm like, oh, oh, 
Okay. I was just going to say, like, that's good storytelling if she could watch it and enjoy the movie and not have any reference to any of the other history. Like, that's kind of yeah, cool. Like, like, she probably didn't understand the ending. She's probably like, who's, it, who's Mark Hamill supposed well, to be? Well, she knew, she, she knew you know? who Luke Skywalker was because of pop culture. And she, yeah. she there's a lot of pop culture references she understood, but okay. story-wise, she didn't know what was going on. But she did All like right. the writing of it because she had nothing else to compare it to. Most fans who watched yeah. The Force Awakens were comparing it to the original trilogy again. Or the prequels. Or the prequels. Yeah. And like fans mm-hmm. who did who disliked The Force Awakens were were comparing it to the same story arc of A New Hope. The Death Star yeah, that's and Trench Run and blowing, yeah. that's what they were comparing it to. She had no yeah. comparisons. I think that's why The Mandalorian is such a hit. Because aesthetic aesthetic wise, it's so similar to original trilogy. Right. You know, it takes place really close. It's got that same kind of gritty, you know, not not what you would think of a sci-fi world, which usually we've seen, you know, you know Space Odyssey 2021, it's shiny, you know, and clean. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's kind of, it's gritty. It's kind of like a spaghetti western, you know, wild, wild west type of feel. So we've, we've kind of got that. But then it's still got lore right. and Easter eggs from the prequels. You know, which people love to hate, but whatever. It's got like a lot of like stuff pulled over from that, or at least I guess the the shows that followed the prequels, a lot of the animated stuff. So it's it's kind of it's kind of really neatly joining together the prequels and the original trilogy. Right. You know, so so I, I guess with some of these new shows coming out, it would be interesting to see like how they br- build the bridge now between where we are and the Mandalorian to sequels mm-hmm. you know and if by doing that it kind of brings the fans all together so they kind of see like oh all right like maybe i was too hard on this and i think like i kind of like and i think that's what's going to happen because like like i was saying before like fans who will go back and watch the prequel trilogy after many years of maybe not seeing them because even you said it also you haven't seen the prequel trilogy much since you first saw it mm. then when you watch it again you're like you know what's not that bad like you i mean the writing and the dialogue is still horrible very painful however Having watched the Clone Wars cartoon gave so much more right. depth and filled in like so many of the gaping holes mm-hmm. that that did that were in the in those prequels. I think everybody would admit were there. Yeah. So by watching those, it, it just it makes you care about the characters a hundred times more. And then just seeing like that edit you always see floating around of um and a new hope when Obi Wan's talking to oh, the pe- or Ben Kenobi is talking to Luke he has, like, his, like, when he has the lightsaber. Yeah. And he's thinking like like in seeing those brilliant edits just give it so much more depth. And we're just waiting now for people to do that with the sequels. I just don't think that's really happened. Kind of like bridging and the memes and stuff, kind of bringing those together. It'll It'll happen, happen. I'm sure. You know, but there's just that that's kind of that's kind of missing. I feel like the Batu experience in Disney World, they're like trying to trying to do that because I remember going in, I was very excited to see it, but I was also kind of like, oh, I wish it was like original trilogy because I know all those characters really well. But going, they did the experience so well and it was so entertaining. Like it didn't matter if you preferred original trilogies or prequel. It didn't matter. You were in Star Wars. It was really fun mm-hmm. and they did a great job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just that's all I want. I just want us all to live under the Star Wars banner and be happy and get along because we're all passionate fans of a really great fun universe and story and franchise. Like, let's just all get along and not like hate on it and with each other. Like, let's not get competitive. Like, if you like Star Wars, like Star Wars. Welcome. And also let's not like try to have actors quit again. Like that's not. Yeah, cool. that's not cool. Why would, why would, 
Why would someone do And all these actors, like, they're Star Wars fans. Yes. So can you imagine being a Star Wars fan and then being cast in a leading role in the movie? The anxiety and the the pressure you must feel because you don't want to fail. Nope. You're not there trying to do a crappy job. Why would you? You you love the franchise and the children, like, as much as everybody else. So, you know, they're, they're us. <laughs> they're fans. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's just the jealousy. You know, everyone kind of wishes they were like, there. Like uh, Pedro but. Pascal, like when he he was at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, and they asked him what was what was it like getting casted to play in the Mandalorian, and he's like, "Oh, you want to put me in a Star Wars movie? Do I am I going to play like an alien in the back or you know stormtrooper wearing armor?" And they're like, "No, you're going to be the Mandalorian. You're going to be the main guy." And he like on stage, he actually almost burst into tears because it's like again, he's a fan. Like we're all. Most of these actors nowadays have are, are fans of this. Like um, any movie you watch today, whether it be an Avengers movie or anything that has special effects, even Lord of the Rings would not be what it is today if it weren't for Star Wars. Star Wars made the special effects. They thought of these ideas so we can have these worlds. And a lot of mm-hmm. the people who grew up watching this were inspired to be in the special effects industry, in the movie industry. So a lot of stuff we have now in the movies that we take for granted would not have been around for unless it were weren't for Star Wars. All the Marvel movies were done by Industrial Light and Magic. Industrial Light and Magic yeah. was mm-hmm. for those of you listening at home playing the home game and who are drinking your vodka whenever Kate says um supernatural, that I've only said it once so far. Say it again, say it again, say it again. No. Dang it. <laughs> Dan Farrick. Um, but um what was I saying? Yeah, so like ILM, Industrial Light and Magic was created for the first Star Wars movie. So again, there's that connection. We we wouldn't have the worlds and the live and the places we lived in now if it weren't for Star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With that 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 dang Farrick thing, I liked too how in this episode we got a lot of new curse yes. words. <laughs> What'd she say? Uh, son of a mud skipper or something when like her gun was like <laughs> jammed. Skank in the something pie, the skink pie. Yep. There were a lot of good ones. I wish I to like think of stuff like that because when we do our our Padawan trainings with the kids, I always like like oh, it'd be nice to have more like curses that aren't like curses that we could use in front of the kids. Oh. You know, like, the only one I knew before was the one from Rebels, like the Calabast that they say over and over. Calabast. Oh my god, <laughs> we have to write these down now because I can see Kamos and Septimus. We totally do. We totally do because it'd be great for the Sith to use or for like you know some of the generic Jedi to yep. use. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, okay. you're not I, I can't see the Jedi using these words, but I can see the Sith definitely using these these terms. Maybe if we incorporate kind of like an inexperienced Padawan yeah, like into the training, true. which I would love for us to kind of like go towards because that's like what Disney does with their Jedi training. I'm like if we kind of do that into like the Jedi the, the Padawan's a little rough around the edges, you know, like maybe they would use that kind of like even like a rough around the edges Jedi. Like he just like doesn't care, she mm-hmm. just doesn't care. They're like, ah, like that, like the, what's his name? Quinn, Quinn Voss, Quinlan Voss, Quinlan Voss, Quinlan Voss yep. you know, just like when it's a little bit more, hmm, a little, you know, edgy. So, I don't know. So whenever I hear that stuff, I always get a little excited. I'm like, oh, sweet. Like that's, that's like a, a curse word that we could use from the kids. Son of a mud skipper. Parents mad at us. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> how cool would it be, Dave? How cool would it be when we do live events again? If like in the middle of a Padawan training, if, Mando walks in. Oh. 
like looking for Grogu or something. Like how how amazing would that be? I don't know if the kids I don't know if the kids are watching Mandalorian. Parents would get it though, mostly for the. I'm parents, sure they're right? watching it because I know my my brother's kids have seen it because he watches it. Like it's. Like, it's just the, the story of, again, the story of Star Wars. You know, most kids are watching it or probably watching it because their parents are watching it. Like, we could put the sound effect into the computer so when he walks in, like, doo-doo. Yep. <laughs> he walks in. Ah, right kind of like down. a wrestling that's match. That's he that's just that's walks in and the theme music is playing. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Like John Cena. <laughs> All right. So, so somebody needs to make a Mando. Let's ask Ron. I bet Ron would do it. <laughs> Let's get a Mando and do it. I have, like, the Hasbro baby yoda so we can make it work <laughs> anyway so, so before we wrap up how'd you feel about the ending like the after credit scene boba fett taking out well not boba fett um fennec taking out like Jabba's oh, taking palace. out bib fortuna yep. so i thought i thought like after reading all these articles and stuff that uh the after credit scene well when i first saw the two moons i thought it would be something with with luke and grogu um but before I even watched this episode, I thought we were going to get Thrawn. I thought Moff Gideon was going to get away mm. and contact Thrawn. Mm. Like I thought that was going to be in and, and connect the Ahsoka trilogy. Um, so I guess I was a little disappointed that it wasn't Thrawn. That's kind of excited to see you on the scene, on the, the thing. But as soon as like this was just like such like, I understand why fans say they were crying. Watch this episode. We got to see Rache Luke Skywalker yeah. and we got to see classic Jabba's palace yep. complete with with Rancor pit probably non-working <laughs> Rancor picks Rancor instead you know with Bib Fortuna like it's just it was it was really and he was spe- he was speaking Huddies and it was just it was very you know it just reminded me of, of that that I guess non-canon now book the tales from from Jabba's palace which actually talked about how Boba Fett escaped from the Star Wars mm. pit um, it just like brought me back there so it was just it was so nostalgic it was so Rot J yep. Like, and you know, like they did it, they shot it exactly like for that yep. reason, you know, with what seeing the, the shadow, you know, walking down the steps yep. and the, 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 the guard, the, the Gamorrean guard getting shot. It was just, it was perfect. It was perfect. And you know, and I you loved know it. they built that set like piece for piece, exactly how it was in like Rot J. Like, they were like, nope, we're not doing any CG special background, whatever. We are building this set. For I the thought, fans. like, I, I was like, oh, maybe like Luke brought Grogu there, like that's gonna be the Jedi Temple oh. because like the, I thought maybe like like that's where I thought it was going, you know, because everyone kind of like I thought everyone kind of died when he blew up the the sail barge uh, in Rache, but I guess not. Um, that's where I thought it was going, so it was kind of a twist that it mm-hmm. wasn't that it was him. Um, and then I also it was, I also found it really interesting that he took the throne. Yeah, I didn't expect that either. I didn't know like what is. Like what his game was, so was there. We know he didn't do anything until he got the armor back. His most important thing was getting the armor back, probably because it. He stayed on Tatooine for all those years, right? And all those years, so he probably stayed on Tatooine to study everything he had to study about Jabba's palace to get back in there. That's what I'm guessing because Boba Fett is a planner. He's a schemer. He didn't think with those skills he would have been able to. To take it? I don't know. I mean, there's gotta there, there's gotta be a reason why he waited for his armor to come back, and all this time on he's been on Tatooine this entire time. He's never left. Yeah. And yeah. now we know he and he's was had his ship there and everything. And, and now yeah. we know he wasn't living at Jabba's palace. He was probably living in his ship or somewhere else in like the Dune Sea or God knows where. You know. 
Yeah, like, why Jabba's palace? Like, he was hired by Jabba for the whole thing with, like, Han Solo. That's where he ended up dying or whatever. But he was a bounty hunter before that. He's worked other jobs. Why this one? I guess it, I guess because this one killed him, <laughs> technically, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, I, that was interesting. So I'm like, okay, so this is going to be an arc where he becomes, like, a mafia yeah. boss on Tatooine? Like, is that where we're going with this? I don't know. With Fennec? I... I it was a cool scene. I like really enjoyed it, but um, it left a lot of questions. A lot of questions. So kind of like, oh. And also, like, and there's like so many. So, Dan and I had a bet for this episode, for the the series, the season finale of The Mandalorian, and we don't know who won or who lost. Okay. Dan bet that it would end in a cliffhanger where we wouldn't get Grogu back, and the Empire would keep him. I bet that we would get Grogu back and that he would stick with Mando and they would go on another adventure for next season. Ah, so I don't think either of you want. I mean, it wasn't a cliffhanger. I thought it tied things up nicely. So I'm actually kind of interested to see where they would go with the season three. Like, I think Grogu's out. I think that's it. That's it for like the the Baby Yoda arc. I think now- Well, it doesn't have a cliffhanger because again, we don't know what happens to Grogu at this. We don't know what's going to happen to Grogu. We don't. Yeah, you're right. It probably, that whole Baby Yoda arc is over. It probably will lead to Grogu being killed by Ben Solo later because he is going with Luke to open up the new Jedi Temple. I mean, maybe he's going to work into one of the other- like series like Ahsoka or maybe something. but like we right now it's it's a cliffhanger but we don't know what it's a cliffhanger with we don't know what's happening with Grogu it's a cliffhanger where Bo-Katan and Mando or Din have to fight each other over the dark saber yeah I think that's going to be the next thing it's going to be going to Mandalore yeah. and trying to take that back I feel like that's going to be the next big arc for and then him. also again with Boba Fett taking over the cartel so it's like it's we both lost and we both won because we got Boat Grogu back, but Grogu still left, but not with the Empire. I mean, I wouldn't call it a cliffhanger though. Like he's gonna go trade with Luke Skywalker. Like he's safe. Yeah, true. Like I we kind of know where he's going. Um, like I don't think there's gonna be another series coming out that's like the Luke Skywalker Grogu thing. I mean, I'd watch the shit out of that, but I don't. I don't think we're gonna <laughs> <Nah>. get that. <laughs> I think that's asking a little much. <laughs> um, I well. I mean, who? Nah, I don't think they would announce something else. I'm like, uh, you know, if they were to announce like Young Jedi Academy coming 2022. I mean, they might. We still don't know what's like. For, so from what I've read, I forgot where I read it. Might have been Deadwire. Might have been somewhere else. That all these shows are going to lead to a, some type of big crossover event. It's got to be something with Grogu. Yeah, I'm sure it has to be. Has to be. He's going to come back. Yeah. And I swear to God, if we see Samuel Jackson at all or, or Mace Windu, I'm going to flip. Like, I don't want to see. <laughs> if we and if we do see a Samuel Jackson Mace Windu show or a Mace Windu show or something, have it be Mace Windu before becoming a Jedi or whatever. Give me that. Like if fans really want to see a Mace Windu something, it makes. I almost I almost said like oh maybe it'll be Kenobi, but then I was like oh wait that one's coming out before. I get my timeline confused. Yeah. That's before obviously. Duh. Um. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Grogu. He's gonna come. I think it's gonna be like a a Grogu. Ahsoka, maybe crossover with Thrawn, and maybe something to do with Mandalore because Ahsoka's had to do deal with true, that. True. You know, it's not gonna be anything with Maul. Like Maul's, we learned that from uh, Rebels. Rebels. Yep. Yeah, no so, Maul. So Maul's so, gone. Hmm. 
Nah. So we will we will see, ladies and germs. We will see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots more to come and to look forward to. So as we wind down this horrible 2020 year, we, we, we could be kind of optimistic that even if 2021 doesn't turn out to be much better, at least we've got a lot of great Star Wars stuff to look forward to. So there's that. And, how. and you have a pretty <laughs> decent podcast to cover a good chunk of it. Time, time to say yeah. um, Anyway, guys, uh, that about wraps us up for tonight. Again, if you like us, please give us a follow on Twitter at Queen the Scoundrel or on Instagram at the Queen the Scoundrel. And yeah, if you want to hear us talk about a certain subject, tell us you don't like us, tell us you do like us, or want to get you know my phone number for whatever reason, please send me an email or us email at the Queen the Scoundrel at gmail.com. Like, follow, and share all over your social media platforms and all over your podcast platforms such as SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify Podcasts, iHeartRadio, iTunes Podcasts, and all others in between. This is our last show for the year. We will be coming back mid-January talking about more Star Wars things. We may even have finally, finally a theme song. You know, only took us 20 episodes to get a theme song. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be but, fun. You know, we'll see. Anyway, guys, happy holidays, happy new year, and as always, may the force be with you. This is the way. Bye.